0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Awkward Silences. Mm -hmm. Today we're here for our fourth, maybe fifth, something in that range of Tacos and Tide Pods (laughs) with our guest Roberta. Thanks for coming back. We're excited because it's September, the best month of the year, and I've got a sweater on for the first time (laughs) in a while and it's feeling very cozy. So today we are going to do instead of three tacos, three Tide Pods, one taco, one Tide Pod, and just kind of get slightly deeper into each. So as a reminder, tacos are good and Tide Pods are bad. And so I think today, Roberta, you have a taco for us.
1: Yeah. been really enjoying time with the team lately. J.H.'s team product has been driving a lot of like vision and strategy work for not only like Q4, but 2023. And it's been like a lot of fun. It's actually reminded me a lot of like my product roots. But from like a research perspective, I haven't seen a team get this far ahead in a while. So it's been cool to see even like our evolution from last year when we were talking about the vision. And it's also like become a signal for one, like seeing into JH's brain, which is like, whoa. And then uh, two is it gives a signal for research, where can we like get ahead for really the next few months Mm -hmm. and start to like probe and pick at like hypothesis and assumptions and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's been like a nerdy time uh Mm
0: -hmm. on the
1: the team lately fitting for
0: september back to school yeah Um, that's
1: true (laughs) are you finding that you're also able to
0: i'm putting leading question but bring research insights into that planning process like research insights we already have things we already know and to inform you know the vision and What a great
1: question, Uh, (laughs) Erin. Yeah, as like JH and the team has been iterating their thoughts and their questions, I've been going into our research repository and trying to pull up like anything and everything related to the topics that they're swirling around to get like some sort of signal. And I went from, oh my God, I hate this. This is taking so much time to like, oh, I found this. Like now I want to go like do more research Mm -hmm. because I think the existing research is a good type of signal about like current state, but you can't, like you're not talking to a customer and asking them and like being able to probe deeper. So they're identifying like trade-offs with that process too. But
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. I would agree with all this. I definitely think like, you know, at the macro level include research in your planning. Uh, I think that's a good (laughs) good taco. I think the thing that's cool about it is, I think as you were kind of joking about the way I work been all over the place with different ideas and I think what's helpful when you have the research perspective involved in planning is you can kind of figure out like where do we have enough conviction that we actually don't need signal here versus like where are the real forks in the road that this is an interesting question or decision to go get more signal on and I feel like that's kind of what we've been circling around is this thing we all actually kind of agree on and we think we have enough evidence to just roll with it this one actually there's a choice here that we don't understand like let's go a little deeper and we haven't figured that all out yet but I don't think we would have been approaching it that way without You know some of your involvement and including others in it too. So I think it's helpful to get those perspectives.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. I think like one of the biggest struggles with planning is always like all models are imperfect or whatever they say, right? It's like you have to plan. You know, you're not gonna life's gonna change. You're not gonna Mm -hmm. actually execute the plan as it was planned, but it's a useful process anyway. And it's particularly true with annual planning, right? Here's a very long time for a startup, however, it's necessary for all sorts of good reasons, right? Like we need to anchor the team to a vision and the story and like what does this all add up to and this is all like really good stuff but just curious how we're thinking about some of those trade-offs of like you know how deep and big and why do we go in terms of this plan versus you know ultimately high conviction q1 less conviction q4 2023 and like having i guess not a capital a but an agile sort of planning mm-hmm. process and how we see that playing out next year
2: yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle on all this because I think there's like something nice to having like some rhythm and cadences to the year. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm, the coming mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. So we think a little bit longer term because yeah, it's just yeah. like a natural thing that happens. And part of me likes that. It's like arbitrary and probably not ideal to only do it that way. Like I think you want like a rolling, you know, planning mm-hmm. where you you kind of always are reassessing what's out in the next horizon and, and shifting as you go. Um, so I think if you're doing planning once a year, that's probably not a good thing. But it's, I don't know, it's nice, right? Like New Year's comes around and people make resolutions and stuff and maybe they don't stick with them, but it's a shot in the arm to do some things or, I don't know, I'm not as opposed to some of the arbitrary things as maybe others. The thing I always say to my team is, I forget where I heard this, but you know, like a hundred meter race is very arbitrary. But if we all agree that that's a good way to determine the fastest person, like it's kind of meaningful. Like who can run that? It's like, you know, end of the year and start of a year is arbitrary and quarters are arbitrary. But if we all kind of like work off that cadence, you know, leaning into it and harnessing like how that manifests in the rest of the business like sales works on quarters and everything else like if you kind of like understand it it's it's actually useful because otherwise you get a little too removed from like the practical realities of of how the business is being run
0: what are you i have not been too deep into the planning yet trying to hit some goals for the quarter right now (laughs) this current one that we're still in but what are you most excited about so far to kind of noodle on
2: I think for a long time, you know, we've thought about the way we do things at kind of like a very product level of like, we have a recruit product, we have a research hub product, and it's a way of finding target users. It's a way of managing your own existing users for research purposes. I think that's served us well as we've kind of like been gaining traction and leveling up the business in different areas. I think now we're at a point though, where we can think a little bit more broadly and and holistically in the sense of if we are solving like this participant need for people and when it comes to research of... To do good research you need participants and we help you with that and across all facets i think we're starting to realize that there's some gaps and some cool opportunities um, when you think that way that we um have maybe kind of had on the back burner or a little bit further off that are starting to come into focus and so you know we can share more i guess at some point but uh <laughs> there's just i don't know we, I, I just feel like i have found myself not coming at like last year to put a more tangible example on it like i was writing a lot of the stuff for the teams like very much from a product perspective we're going to do this on recruit and we're going to do this mm-hmm. on hub mm-hmm. and this time around it's actually more of like as a business, we're solving these problems and we're going to, we have these gaps we need to do. And it's actually very little current product offering language because it's a little bit more strategic and understanding of the user needs and, and where we can add value. And that's been kind of cool. I think it gives us a little bit more, it's going to give the team I think, a little bit more discretion for like how in those areas we find the best opportunity to move forward. Um, we got to take it down a couple levels still, but I think like the, the, the high level story is um, feeling like crisper and easier to communicate, even though it's more zoomed out, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it's been really interesting to see, like I mentioned, like the maturity shift from last year. This time last year, we were like prepping for the offsite, really digging into one of our products more deeply. And this year, I feel like our understanding of our customer segments is definitely different and more nuanced. And the conversations that we're having about the vision is really interesting where we're like, talking about different segments. What are the customer needs behaviors? Are they even that much different from each other? Are they overlapping? And I'm finding myself personally saying it depends a lot more than I ever thought I would, which is like obviously a UX like term phrase a lot of people use, but I never thought I would be saying it this much personally, (laughs) but it definitely applies. And so that's been really cool to see. And Sometimes I feel like my brain is all jumbled because I've been in this space for a little over a year now. I'm sure JH Aaron, you just you're picking up so much signal all the time from who you speak with. So it's been cool to kind of step out and look at the actual data that we have, the insights from interviews, and like piecing it all together too.
0: Yeah, it's been cool. Like uh, you were talking about a year ago and the research we're doing. I think that was on Research Hub, right? It was like it was, yeah. Mm Yeah. Early early research on Research Hub. And then you did the presentation at the offsite. And then that led to more research on Research Hub, mm-hmm. which, you know, drilling in further. And then we did the competitive on Research Hub. And then we did our positioning work, all leading to an A ton of product launches and features we're building, big stuff. And then next week, we're going to do a big kind of relaunch go-to-market moment. So that's really like a year in the making. Yeah, Some of that came out of a planning process and some of it just came out of the evolution of what do we need to do now? What do we need to do now? What do we need to
1: do now? yeah Yeah, it's really exciting it's really hard for researchers a lot of the time to tell the story of impact but Mm -hmm. this one it's very clear to see the throughput which is really exciting yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's it's weird that like yeah I don't know there's something about a year that feels like a very long time to plan on of like we don't know nine months from now like how certain we're going to do this in this quarter but also like it's not that much time like to your point like even in smaller businesses for some meaningful product things to add up and some understanding to come together and to get a few iterations out and stuff. It can sometimes take a year to make like a real dent in like some bigger problems. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, it's this weird paradox where it's like sometimes you have to make a bet of that commitment to like move a hard area, but it also is like, feels like a long horizon to be guessing what you're going to be doing, you know, that far out. So.
0: Yeah, Yeah. 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 Robert, are you seeing, I know you're tight in a lot of research communities. Are you seeing? other researchers getting to be planning processes now, like ahead of next year or is what's everybody up to right now?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I it's funny, I actually run like a UX research leader group, and we meet like once a month, nobody has been talking about next yeah. year yet. Yeah, if we're pretty yeah, far yeah. ahead. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's kind of focused on right now, the current quarter, the changing market conditions is like yeah. huge yeah. of yeah. what We've been talking about and like hiring being put on hold and yeah. not so much shifting to like the year ahead yet. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, planning, gotta do it. It's fun. I'm excited to do some soon of my own. And that brings us to Tide Pods. So, I think, JH, you had one this week.
2: Yeah. I think this is maybe, you know, small data points here, but I've just seen a couple things recently on some LinkedIn posts and on Twitter threads and stuff where it's felt like there's a weird amount of like divisiveness kind of happening between maybe product folks and, and researchers and, and some orgs, like some signs of dysfunction or, or not having cracked kind of like the ideal collaborating model. But uh, the things that kind of came to mind, I saw one person posting about, you know, continuous discovery and like, what do you mm-hmm. think about that or whatever? And it was just like all of the replies were just like trashing it and being like, oh, mm-hmm. like PM's doing mm-hmm. garbage research. Like sounds mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or like, you know, being facetious, <laughs> but that right. kind of stuff. And then some longer posts on LinkedIn that I've seen that were kind of really like, you know, if you want research to be bought in your organization, like the only answer is to hire a ton more researchers, like you can't, there's no Mm -hmm. other solution and stuff, which is maybe true. I don't know. I I don't have a horse in the race. But I think where I come at it from, and I think you see this a lot in like high functioning, like healthy product teams in particular, because I think there's been some of these tension moments that have happened between design and engineering and and PMs and so forth is you got to find a way to get into like a productive kind of debate and tension where like, everyone brings their superpower to the table. And you know, UX is coming at the problem from a different angle and engineering's coming at it from a different angle and, and products coming maybe from a little bit more of the business perspective or whatever. But if you actually get that together in a really good way, then you get these like great outcomes and, and everyone kind of like enjoys the collaboration and, and respects to what people are bringing to the table. If you don't, then everyone kind of retreats to their silo and you start throwing things over the fence and it's it's kind of not a great way to build things. And I just worry that there's a bit of that happening in like the research space where mm-hmm. product people are well intentioned and they want to get closer to users and they're seeing all this stuff about research and so they're trying to find they're doing their best from a place of good intentions but maybe not executing it in the best way and then researchers are often outnumbered in organizations so you know they maybe not don't have the bandwidth to jump in and help all those places where they would like to and so then they're focusing more on like the craft and skill to make sure people value what they bring to the table and it just it just feels off um in some orgs and I can't put my finger on it, but I hope that trend uh, changes or hope Mm, we can change mm -hmm. it a little bit. But um, I don't know. I don't like it bums me out when I see it. I I want those groups working together. And I feel like in some companies, that's not the case right now.
1: Yeah. When JH and I were talking about this earlier in the week, I was talking a little bit about like hierarchy of needs in organizations. I feel like naturally it makes sense when like teams get defensive. I've met a lot of researchers who are like, I don't want product doing anything because I think it gets at a, a root. Like question that we have is like, if they start doing it, what's the value that I add as a researcher? That's an
0: they might be, place to
1: be. From, yeah, right? which is like, yeah. which is hard. But it's also valid. I can understand sure. uh, teams that might feel that way. And I think it's, how do you build trust in that experience together? It's not me against them. Ideally, in organizations, you're working towards one vision together as a group. And yeah obviously, org theory and all that. But yeah, I think like when GH talks about healthy tension, that is inherent in the way that we work even internally. And we get to better solutions because of it.
0: No, totally. And I I, I like what you're saying about like having one vision, because I think this is actually threads the sort of planning Mm -hmm. conversation in this one, which is that, you know, in a high functioning organization, you have a clear strategy and vision that, you know, changes as it needs to or whatever, but you have one and people across departments and teams and pods and whatever know what it is. And so that's how you settle debates, right? Is not mm-hmm. like, this is my turf, this is my territory, this is my whatever it is. It's like, well, if we're trying to do this, and everyone knows that, because it's, we talk about it all the time, and it's second nature. All we need to do is figure out how to do that, right? Like, that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to do. We're not trying to like, well, I'm the researcher, and I'm going to do this and use my voice in this way. It's right. How can I use my yeah. skills to get us where we agree we're trying? And I feel like that basic, that can get lost actually really easily when you go into like turf mode, right? Of this is yeah. my function and this is what I do here. And it's like, well, that's not really the point. That's just so we can, <laughs> that all just exists so we can get things done, right? Uh,
1: yeah. 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 If we could erase all ego from the workplace. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't think, a, I don't think <laughs> you. No hot take egos <laughs> aren't a bad thing like
0: I mean you know it's uh it's okay to have pride in your work and do good work yeah and be proud of yeah. your
1: work
2: um agreed I think the things may be missing in terms of like you kind of need two things for research to be like maximum like most impactful as possible right I didn't say that well but you know what I mean um <laughs> <laughs> to be impactful is yeah. um you need like obviously high quality research you need to be getting like good insights that aren't biased from the right people right and, and I think obviously researchers are going to be really strong in that regard like that's their whole what they do it's their specialty right but then you also need it to be timely like you need those insights in a spot where it can influence a decision or it can be incorporated into work that's happening it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like super fast or whatever right but if you have if you don't have it on like somewhat sort of a calibrated scale then decisions get made without those insights which is really unfortunate and I think if you get into the partnership mentality, it's like, well, the product people are probably going to be a little bit more over-indexed on the timeliness of we're working against mm-hmm. this cadence or whatever, and we need some insights here. And the research people are going to over-index a little bit on the quality side, obviously, because it's their craft and what they do. And if you kind of actually put those together, then like that's when you get the best mm-hmm. of both, where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to get the research mm-hmm. on the timeline we need so they can impact these things, and it's going to be better than if we had done it ourselves. And then it's like you know yeah. so you can imagine a different world where it really comes together nicely and. Um, and everyone kind of still gets to bring what they do best to the table and so yeah i don't know just optimistic that hopefully teams can can figure that out
0: yeah i yeah. wonder too if some of it like because research is evolving so much and because you know you've got the democratization and i don't you know i'd be curious to read someone who's thought about this and the kind of history right where people who do research product managers product designers They've been doing research for a long time. This is not a new phenomenon, right? So you've had that and then you have researchers and then you have, we're trying to get a seat at the table and, you know, convince organizations we need to be here. And that kind of happens. But in terms of like, you know, an operating model of how do different teams do their own research and work with researchers, that's different in every organization. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of figuring that out. And I think that probably has a lot to do with some of this kind of yes. us versus them stuff is just people don't know how are we supposed to effectively work together,
1: yeah. 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 We talked about this at the research leader group uh, this week, actually about like org design and structure and the trade-offs between one over the other. It depends. But yeah, I think it's it's not clear. And I know that there's two people in our group that have similar org design to what we have, where the researcher reports into the CEO. I feel like at a history level, we talked about how Research has kind of owned its chops now, like it's be, starting to be respected, and on a lot of orgs, it's kind of been nested within design. Mm-hmm. Is it time to break it out of design and so that it's like a peer to design reporting into product or even pulling it out from that too? Mm-hmm. People don't know yet. We're going It's happening live in real time on
0: Twitter. And like yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, the example I think of a lot, I forget if it's in the book or one of her blog posts, but Teresa Torres and her continuous discovery stuff, not actually talking about research, but just talking about like the dynamics between an engineering lead, a product lead, a design lead, and how you need to have like the shared ownership and, and working mm-hmm. for the same goal. An example that she gives in one of those, like I said, a blog post or the book. Basically, like, if your designer is working like a really important design heavy thing that has a ton of like high fidelity stuff and they're moving forward and like only they can do it, like obviously they need to go there. But if the team also has like some lower fi, simpler like UX tweaks that they need to do that they would like to get some signal on or do some light prototyping on, and you have like a you know UX-minded engineer who could make like really cheap versions or a this you know product person who could do a low-fi sketch of it and show it to somebody, like if you have that interpersonal trust and understanding that we're all pulling towards the goal and it's like I'm using my design skills on this very hard design thing, and I trust you all with some oversight to do, you know, enough to move us mm-hmm. forward while I'm busy, like that's a really cool model. It's not that they mm-hmm. are designers, it's that. They're working within the constraints and that there's no mm-hmm, bandwidth mm-hmm, for design mm-hmm. right now and they understand that they all need to achieve this goal and by these other people pitching in in an unusual way mm-hmm. for like a momentary thing is helpful like from a team perspective and so there's just like that trust and connection that yeah just needs to come yeah. along and i think it is tough when you're when i think in many organizations research is outnumbered like they don't you know they don't have the bandwidth to have a researcher in every pod or or, or every squad or whatever so that yeah. probably makes it even trickier to navigate
1: it sometimes makes it easier to pick your battles, though, too, <laughs> I'm like, I have that conversation with our team all the time. Like, if we're going through go-to-market pricing updates, it's like, yeah, we need research there. The pods, they can figure it out. We'll switch into coach mode, and they can drive it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so
2: anyways, if you have good stories about how healthy and well-functioning your product and research Relationship is. You should also get on social media and share those because I don't. Oh, see you know that else. person's
0: there. They got a thread yeah. coming. How to, yeah. how to <laughs> run an organization so, in twenty You have the good less. story. Share yeah. those ones too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and say what's up to us on Twitter. We need to uh, want to hear from you guys. User interviews, right on. All right, well, we're at time over actually, and uh, so this is a evolution of our format. Let us know what you think somewhere somehow, and cool. uh, see, see you next now. time.